Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hi, and welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm Colin Hung, and today I'm joined by Andy Swanson from MGMA. Andy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Colin, for having me. I'm excited to be here today. So Andy, what I wanted to talk to you about today is this exciting new report that's just come out from MGMA around performance and practices of successful medical groups. So maybe you can give me a preview of what's inside the report, Andy. Yeah, well, we're excited about it as well. Um, basically what our report is talking to the industry about is how do you take certain measurements or outcomes that each practice is um, measuring and aggregate some of those into determining what levers make a group more successful than other medical practices. And we take a blend of looking at some operational and specifically collection information, tied with group's cost information, and tied with their productivity information to look at the amount of patient volume they're seeing, how much revenue they're generating from that, and how much on the collections end they're actually seeing at the end of the day to come up with kind of a, a benchmark status on how, how those groups are doing in each of those areas and then in aggregate those groups that are doing all of those things pretty effectively. Um, we set the benchmark relatively low. We set it at the median, so 50%. And then groups that perform better than that are considered a better performer. And then groups that do it all really well are considered our best performers or top performers. So you're really trying to take a comprehensive view of what a good performing organization is not just on one dimension of clinical outcomes or quality or you're taking a, a comprehensive you're even factoring the financial and the operational factors uh, here from the practices yeah i would say actually mostly that um I, there are a lot of organizations who are steering physicians in particular to guide them to what the what the best outcomes are for each patient type in each each disease state what MGMA differentially offers is those groups a, a perspective on how to operate their practices in a way that's going to be best for their business operations to keep them and their doors open, especially now in, in our, the world that we live in in pandemic time, um, but also so that their businesses can be healthy, they can pay their staffs um, the appropriate wages and earnings, and, and their businesses stay open to ultimately serve the groups that they're, they're trying to serve. Um, you know, we can talk more about this, but I think as the nation wrestles with the cost of healthcare, we all are trying to contribute to driving down that cost of care. And uh, non-acute care settings like medical practices are a just much lower cost um, site in order to receive care. We have to make sure that those groups are operating as efficiently as possible to keep the cost of care down, just as a society, as, as the U.S. is trying to wrestle with this cost of care. Um, and I think this is, this is one way that groups can balance how to drive down costs, but still maintain a profitable business to stay open and serve their communities. Let's unpack that a little bit, Andy. You mentioned better performer. We're talking about better performers. In, in, and what I'm curious about is, what is a better performer feel like and look like from the provider side? If I'm a good performer, what's happening? What's not happening in my organization? Sure. There's a couple things. Um, first, I think what, what better performers have shown us time and time again 
is that they're willing to devote, I'll use the ubiquitous term resources, at serving their communities. And that looks like this. The physician is seeing more patients in a day. So they're, what, we, what our data shows is that their, their productivity um, increases anywhere between five and 25% compared to their benchmarkable specialties. Their staffing levels tend to be a little bit higher. So they're, they're contributing more cost into their organization than non-better performers. But ultimately their medical revenue is exponentially higher by about five times. So you're talking about 40 to 50% wow. higher in medical revenue, which ultimately equates to somewhere between 10 and 20% more take-home dollar to the physician who's actually serving that community. So they're, they're spending more time seeing more patients and downstream they're getting paid more and their practices are absorbing the cost that they're putting more cost into their organization and ultimately seeing kind of a, a profitable return on that investment. That, that is amazing that they're seeing that much Delta 5X in terms of a return. Um, yeah. That is just incredible. Yeah, I, yeah, I just want to clarify, that's in total yeah, medical revenue, um, yeah. not in take-home co compensation, um, but, but compensation does follow, right? So, you know, each doctor who's contributing another 20%, let's say, in productivity and RVUs worked over their, their benchmark peer is getting 10 to 20% more take-home compensation. So there is direct correlation to if I put more skin in the game and I work harder, see more patients, which by the way is ultimately really good for the community, right? Because we're constantly constrained with access challenges, making sure patients are getting seen in a timely manner. So these physicians and their, and their practices who open their doors and, and spend more time with patients, um, see, it at, see it pay off in the, in the end. And I think that's good, it's good for the group, it's good for the, the, the person who's getting paid a little bit more, but it's really good for the community because it's opening up more access, which that's a big challenge right now that we're talking about too. Actually, that, that's a great segue into the second part of my question, which is, what does a better performer look like from the patient's perspective or the community's perspective? Yeah, um, so in, in a different report, we've also recently re, um, released our, our practice operations or better performers in, in practice operations. And we, we get into this third next available and, and access issue in, in more depth there. Um, but what you're seeing is, for the patient, I can call my doctor and if, if I'm in an acute state, I can get in same day or in, in, in with far more access than we've had in the past. Also, we're looking at 70, I think 73% of patients have access within three days. Um, on the special, that, that's on a primary care side, it's within, I think that 70, 70 to 75% range is, is within five days on the specialty side, which Compared to five or 10 years ago when we were talking about this issue, issue you're talking about two weeks you know, on, on the specialty side. So as an industry, I think we've seen major strides um, over the past, I'll say five years, and our data backs that up that with more physicians in particular, and as we extend care into other care levels, nurse practitioners, PAs, um, and some of, the, some of the other folks who are helping our physicians in seeing patients, um, at different acuity levels, but that's opening access. And so, you know, 10 years ago, we used to talk a lot about, you know, appropriate use of licensure. Remember that conversation in, in, in <laughs> physicians making sure that they're not doing, you know, medication refills. And, you know, we, we fixed those challenges. 
by and large. And, and now we're, I think we've we've nailed it. it. It's for the groups that haven't necessarily balanced um, scheduling with patient visit type and, and how do we make sure that the, the doctor's seeing the right patients so they can see more of the right patients and their extended care teams are seeing the, the right patients and more of the right patients, right? And I think that's where some of these volume challenges continue to linger in why groups aren't necessarily at that better performance status yet as it relates to access. Was there anything that you found in this, uh, producing this report that really surprised you, Andy, or is there, was everything sort of in line with, with what you were thinking? At MGMA, we talk a lot about efficiency of um, non-clinical stuff. Um, so it's the back office, you know, machinations of how to get money through the 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 engine that is our healthcare business, right? So how do I how do I submit how do I submit my documentation for claim? How do I get the the checks rolling through the door? How do I get from check to remittance? You know, all, all the all the stuff that it takes to run a business, um, but it's not necessarily helping patient care. It surprised me that we look a lot. Our, our measurements for that is is days in accounts receivable. So how much how many dollars are waiting for for a practice to be processing? I was actually surprised at the lack of variation between better performer and non better performer. It used to be wide ranges. So you'd have groups who were not better performers who had lots of you know outstanding accounts receivable dollars and you know 60, 90, 120 days out you know collections and that sort of thing. Those have shrunk by and large. And so, yes, you do see better performers have a little bit better collection rates at 30, 60, 90 days. And of course, that you know, you're going to see people who are better at, um, you know, getting uh, getting surgeries and care pre-approved before patients even walk in, doing collection before they even land on the site of care. Absolutely, that still holds true. But it, it was surprising to me that. This, this this outstanding AR issue is not as big of a deal as it was even three or five years ago. Instead, now we've moved to, people have mostly, you know, there's been so much effort and, and emphasis put on, you know, the collection of a dollar and revenue cycle management, which is good. That, that takes efficiency and, and ratchets it up, which is really good, not just for the groups, but also again, for the healthcare system overall. If we're, if we're doing a better job of collecting and efficiently capturing dollars, then we're not spending time wasting there. So we're steering more time back to how do I get patients through the door? How do I make sure we're spending more time with patients, which again is, is a burgeoning subject. Um, that that was surprising to me. On the on the flip side, I was shocked at we already talked about kind of the amount of total medical revenue that groups are bringing in significantly differentially um, when you're putting 10 to 20 percent more on production. And I think that's a that's a um, encouraging word for physicians who say, how am I going to see this is, you know, ultimately we're talking about one or two more patient visits in a day per physician in a medical practice. And I, I empathize if I don't have time to do my coding on the on the patient base that I am already seeing. You want me to add another visit or two onto my already busy schedule. And how do I, how and when do I document for that care? And that gets back to a difference, you know, a different conversation about how to create efficiencies um, and fix some of the, the lingering challenges with technology and workflow issues and some of the other things that still nag at the heels of, of some of our non-better performing organizations. You know, being a technology uh, magazine and, and publication, it would be, you know, I have to ask this question, you know, was there anything that jumped out at you from a technology standpoint that was a common trait amongst the better performers that you profiled? 
Um, in some of the anecdotal, we, we have some case study information. So we, we tell tales um, about what, you know, the stories that make behind these medical groups that actually, you know, bring color to some of the data points. And what, what's, what's absolutely a, an underpinning in those stories is technology utilization, right? So it's, it's the groups that have figured out how to engage their patient bases in portals, in online billing platforms, um, not to mention just the, the patient record, um, and those who have spent time both at inception and then through the optimization of the, uh, their EMRs, they win. And so those who um, you know, devote time and energy into both the crafting of effective technology, I'll say planning, road mapping, all the way through improvement and in iterations of that to achieve whatever their expected outcome was, I think those groups have won. In in for there isn't a there isn't a medical practice out there who doesn't wrestle with technology every day. I think it's the groups who embrace that it's it's an ongoing discussion, not a one and done discussion. And we're always looking, we're never going to reach utopia, but we're always going to keep striving for what next better iteration is out there. And those groups that embrace that and, and really that becomes part of their DNA is the optimization of that towards the efficiency of running their practice, towards the efficiency of seeing more and better patients. And ultimately that looks at that looks like more clinical care time for the providers in the group. I think those groups win. And, and I think that's what those stories tell us. So Andy, I have to ask this question because it's the elephant in the room. Of course, right, we're, in, we're still in the middle of the pandemic or the second wave is here, or maybe it's the first wave just continued. Um, you know, it's a pretty harsh financial environment out there. A lot of patients are foregoing care. There are stories of, of, of practices kind of teetering on the edge of, of, the, of the financial um, side of things in terms of, you know, do they close? Do they join? Uh, do they merge with a hospital? You know, why is focusing on becoming a better performer something that leaders should pay attention to right now? Yeah, um, two things. As long as you're a group that sees sustainability, then I always encourage groups when you have, how often is it that you get downtime in a medical practice? It's, it's never, it's, there's the next patient and there's, there's always the next, you know, bur bur burdening um, challenge. Nobody's ever going to call the pandemic a blessing. That said, take the time that it gives you as patient volumes have reduced by anywhere between 10 and 20% now before in March and April was, you know, 80 and 90%. Um, and, and take that 10 to 20% of time that you're not seeing patients and explore one or two, you know, high, high effectiveness, meaning big changes that could drive serious efficiencies in your practice. It, pick, pick one. If, if, I'm a, if I'm an ortho group and I want to look at my bundled care practices and I want to change my payer relationship with my three biggest payers, now, do that now. Have those conversations now. Um, there, there is no better time when you have some freed up time and the doors, of course, are staying open. For groups that are struggling with sustainability right now, that's a different conversation. I, I, I would be devoting all of my energy and attention into marketing the safety of care and making sure that patients were feeling comfortable walking into the doors of my practice. And I would, I, Frankly, I would not spend time evaluating, you know, could or how do I become a better performer? I'd want to make sure that 
you know, just like Maslow's hierarchy of needs says, you know, I, I have a roof and food um, before I, I optimize my emotional state. So um, I think that's what practices need to wrestle with right now. And as long as groups are financially stable, now's as good a time, maybe better than ever. And what's MGMA doing to help organizations become better performers? Are you guys doing educational sessions? Do you guys disseminate these best practices? What are you guys doing? Yeah, I mean, the beauty of this report is it's available to all. <laughs> so come to MGMA.com and you know download the report. Um, I, I think just getting some exposure to some of the high-level benchmarks that people are using outside of your practice to, to denote, am I tracking every day, every week, some of these performance metrics. And it, it's it's a little disheartening from my part, from my perspective, because 75% of the groups who are submitting data to MGMA are not in this category. And so what that tells me is they have ongoing, literally day-to-day, week-to-week needs to be measure, measuring and monitoring their progress on some of these benchmarks. If, you, if MGMA does nothing else, then shows you the five benchmarks you should be thinking about on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis, that's enough. Just start internally measuring your own performance against your own performance and looking for incremental improvement because that's going to move you towards better uh, results towards an industry-wide benchmark. Past that, toolkits, other deeper data analyses, consulting services, of course, education, right? All of this, all the stuff that you can come and read about if you pick it one particular thing, how do I reduce the amount of AR I have from 120 days into 90 days or 90 days into the first 30 days? These are all going to, you know, incrementally make you a better performing practice. I would never encourage anybody to look at the whole thing. I mean, that's like, you know, eating the elephant in one bite. Let's just eat it one bite at a time. So pick off the one or two things that are most important to your practice or you have a lot of room to improve in and come to MGMA and read an article about it and see how somebody else is doing it. And then, and then spend the next 30 days really honing your, your skill set at that. And then once you've gotten good over that in, in a month or a quarter, then pick the next thing. And, and let's, let's, let's try to incrementally improve different things in our practice as we go. I like that. It's, you know, you're, you're not renovating the entire house at the same time. You're taking one little project at a time, getting success, building that momentum and the wins. That's definitely a recipe for success. For sure. Well, Andy, um, where can people find out more information about this report? Is it just simply MGMA's website? Yeah, come to MGMA.com and type in Better Performer in our search and, and you'll you'll get there. Um, I, I, I encourage people to look at um, MGMA.com backslash data. Um, that has a lot of these kind of benchmarks that we're talking about. It's not just the report, but it can show you on the, on the operational side or on the compensation side, on the cost side, kind of all the gamut of things that people are looking at to, to judge kind of their own performance. And I think that gives people a, a, a broader breadth and then they can ha- narrow in on kind of really what are the key performance indicators that that would categorize a group as better performer. The other thing I always want to make sure to encourage people is participate, which means submit your information, because if you don't, then you won't have the reciprocal effect. By the way, it's free, not just to submit, but then you get all of this analysis on the backside. So what you give you get in return and um i think mgma is a, is a great place for for I mean, we're here to serve the industry um we're not here to, to turn a profit um which is nice i love working for mgma because we're here for the betterment of the industry and our industry needs some betterment so i think um groups that can participate submitting information wind up getting that back in spades 
um, in, in learning about their own organization, how their own organization compares to others. Well, Andy, thank you so much for sharing all this wonderful information. Uh, it's been really great learning from you and getting a chance to decipher and dig a little deeper into this report. So thank you so much for your time today. Anytime, Colin. I love speaking with you. Thank you. This is Colin Hung at Healthcare IT Today. Thanks for listening and have a great day.